Hello everyone, welcome to What is Covenants? Specialized Pastoral Care Services. Christian Counseling Ministry. And for those of you who are podcast only, Carolyn was scurrying, would be the adjective I would use, like a mouse across the floor, running from the cell phone that we do the Facebook live broadcast with over to her yeah. appointed seat on the other end of the table, two tables actually. You don't know this. There's a reason why I scurried. You scurry. I have, for the past couple of weeks, have been too far away from the table. And then I didn't want to scoot my chair and make this hideous noise. So I thought maybe if I get back quick enough, I can scoot my chair in. So I have an ulterior motive. But I tricked you. <laughs> I went ahead and clicked before you got back. I know. Because I didn't want to make our, I didn't want to make either the podcast listeners or the Facebook Live viewers <laughs> have to wait on yours. Carolyn the Mouse. <laughs> yours truly, Dave Clay, and Carolyn Barnett. Actually, it's Carolyn Barnett and yours truly, Dave Clay. <clears throat> Carolyn. Yes. <laughs> do you remember much about what we've been talking about on the podcast? We don't do that a lot. It's not like a serial. Although it kind of gets there because there's the messaging. And I keep saying, you know, I just, I can't even, I want to read it because I can't even begin to capture it any better than the Bible does, right? And so I just want to read it. But I know that that's really not entirely what the podcast is about and probably not what our listeners viewers slash viewers want because I botch it sometimes. I don't know all the Hebrew words. I trip over myself and I can't pronounce things properly and I get the verses wrong sometimes and I can't remember the characters. Don't we all? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I try. Yeah. But do you recall much about what, what we've been into? It seems like we've been doing a series. Hmm. I feel like this is a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like tracking you, Carolyn. I know. I know. <laughs> it's a quiz. I didn't know it was going to be a pop quiz. Um, okay, so last week we talked about... It's a good chance to summarize, though, for the podcast listeners and the viewers who maybe haven't been well, <laughs> keeping we track. Have a, we do kind of have a recurring theme, I think, and that, <clears throat> excuse me, is... Mm, how do I sum that up? But we, we always bring it back... To different scriptures, we you know we read different circumstances, but it seems to come back to what is real, what is actually happening, and then how do we actually respond to it, and then where do we go from here? How do we flesh that out? There's a lot of uh, talk of like when we talked about. In the old, I even brought that up in the Old Testament. You know, the the blood on the doorposts and, and things. You know, this death angel. But what had to happen, and then what what we need to do. I feel like we take God's principles, and then you know we make it very relevant. And I hope our listeners get that because without it being relevant to our lives now, then it's just like a bunch of stories. You know, which we know it's not. But. I feel like that we have a theme of redemption and forgiveness and striving towards that agape love to be more like Jesus and integrity. I'm not sure where you're going with that, but... <laughs> no, that all sounds uh, quite appropriate. 
and not only relevant, but relatable. Mm -hmm. But this might bring us in a more specific context. We've been in Isaiah, yes. Hezekiah, right. Assyrians, mm -hmm. and we read, uh, I think it might have been last podcast, maybe a couple podcasts ago, Isaiah 40. I'm going to uh, begin with verse 27. I'm going to borrow this Bible. I need to bring my own Bible. <laughs> you could. You could leave it here. I forget. Yeah, I could. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get my... <clears throat> In my profession, in my radio voice. <laughs> starting with Isaiah 40, starting with 27. Why sayest thou, Jacob, and speakest, O Israel? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Okay. All those things you said a moment ago. Truth, integrity, reality, <laughs> blood on the lintel. Although that was not necessarily the intention, that was like a, a validating, concurrent validation of a principle or point we were discussing last I left podcast. out encouragement. That's, I mean, when I read those verses, that encourages me. Well, and I was like, you know, that's, that's part of why we're here, to encourage those that need it. But because I don't have quite, <laughs> quite the... Uh, um, I'm not an actor. I did not go to school for theater, so I don't know that my presentation is as well as it needs to be to capture this. Uh, actually, on, even on Facebook Live, they're looking at you, they're not looking at me, so it's not like I can really even communicate with that with my facial expressions, although you do a wonderful job with that. But verse 27 starts with, why, is, why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest words? My way is hid from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Now, that's a question. Again, I don't know that. When I read it, it came across as a question. And then it continues. Hast thou not known? Hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is weary? That's a question. There is no searching of his understanding. So, I'm not saying that Isaiah was being a bit cynical. I'm not saying that Isaiah was saying that in any way but encouragement with the intention of encouragement, mm -hmm. which I don't disagree with him. Mm -hmm. But I think there was a bit of an edge to that. He wasn't saying that necessarily like, oh, well, don't you know that God's way is not hidden from you? Don't you know that his judgment is passed over you? Uh, unavailable. Don't you know that he really wants you to understand? I know. I know you really don't understand. So be encouraged. He really want. No, I think Isaiah was saying, "You should know better. You should know better." And I'm not disagreeing with you because I probably am have found myself am currently present tense, past tense, and I expect in the future to be straddling that same fence because God always tells us in advance. That's called forgiven. You know, we think of this concept of forgiveness as always retrospective. 
And it always has that grace and mercy. And yes, it is. It's always flavor of the grace and mercy. But forgiven is to be told in advance. It's never a setup. It's never been a setup. God has never set anybody up to fail. He's never set anybody up to get into trouble. He's never set anybody up to fall prey to the devil. He's never set anybody up to fall into the snare and the trap, Mm -hmm. the pit. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Right. He's, like you said at the very beginning of the podcast, very straightforward, very forthcoming, but we don't listen. Or if we listen, yet watch, they can't see me on Facebook Live, but you can. Shaking my head Mm -hmm. up and down. Yes, I've got that. I got that. I got that. Don't worry. I've got that. And then five minutes later, something happens and you look at that person and say, well, I thought you had that. (gasps) I don't know. Well, did you tell me to cover that? Did you tell me to do that? Yeah, we told you to do that. Oh, okay. Well, I got that. Well, it's... Some of it's denial, some of it's just negligence, I think all of it's selfishness, it's the pride of life, which again is what we were speaking to over the past few podcasts that set you up for a struggle and difficulty. But if I can offer encouragement in a bit of that sarcasm or cynicism, let me, let me just go to again the end of it. Even the youth shall faint, starting with verse 30, Isaiah 40 and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mm -hmm. That's the word of the Lord. Right. Now here's my question to you. And this is probably one of those questions that we all have, and particularly not only podcast listeners, not only Facebook Live viewers, but also clients that come see us, people Mm -hmm. who come for help. What does that look like to wait? Because mm. <laughs> I don't know about you, but waiting is hard. Mm. I am not a patient person by nature. I want it done. I want it done now. And even in my passive aggressiveness, which I think we all have the potential for some of that, but I'll own mine. Mm-hmm. It's not the waiting isn't to wait for the Lord. The waiting is to get under somebody's skin. To say, you can't tell me what to do. I'm refusing to cooperate. But that's disobedience. That's defiance, especially if it's really God that's speaking to you. And that's also part of, I think, the series is when when God speaks and he speaks. Mm -hmm. Isaiah was his voice. Mm But you've got to listen. We talked about that last podcast. Do you remember when we talked about with little Samuel and Eli? Yes. Mm -hmm. But you've got to listen. Mm -hmm. But when he says something, And I think this passage I just got through reading, he means it. Wait. But what does it look like? And where do you find the strength and the power to wait? Especially since it may not be pretty. It has to come from the Holy Spirit because I don't know that we can completely do it on our own. Lest we not be able to boast on his power and say we did it on our own. And I'm taking all this in... (laughs) Because it's quite um, <clears throat> applicable to um, uh, something I shared with you before we started the podcast about that God was speaking to me about before before I even came into work. And uh, so, yeah, it, it does hit kind of close to home to me. And to wait, there was a song called Worship While I'm Waiting. And 
that's basically what we can do is having done all when it talks about putting on the armor of God having done all to stand we have to continue on with what he's called us to do we can't just stop every drop everything and be like well I'm waiting you know <laughs> we still have to continue on but I think there's a level of trust I think we have to allow the Holy Spirit to give us the strength to go through but also to trust that he's still working and moving even when we don't see anything so we will get there. We will renew our strength. We will be renewed, but we will mount up with wings like eagles. We will do those things. But in the meantime, I think it's a level of trust that gives us that uh, reassurance, that peace. And my newest uh, favorite verse, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, not on my own, not what I know about the Word and what I know about God, but just by the power of the Holy Spirit to help me to trust in Him. So I think that there's a level of resting in Him and not us trying to do things to make it happen. Yes. Yeah. Other Our than works are not gonna like, not gonna make us settled. You know, well, I'm going to do this while I'm waiting. I'm going to, you know, whatever. I don't think that it's going to give us truly, you know, that satisfaction of knowing he's working. I think it's going to be a level of resting in his, his word, his promise. And as much James would say, faith without works is dead. We know that there's an element of works, but the works is always under the direction or right. at the leading or insistence of the Holy Spirit. Right. And therein is our obedience. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, we're part of the creativity. I believe that God gave us a brain and a mind, mm -hmm. and, and He inspires us, and we're putting things together, and we're dealing and contending in a material sort of way with all sorts of problems and difficulties. Not out of the flesh, but the, that's an instrument of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. God uses this, right. the body, right. as a vessel mm -hmm. to further His kingdom. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to go to Galatians 5. <laughs> I'm going to read way too much, I'm sure. But it's all these things that you've been saying. It's beginning with verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Do it yourself. Try to do it yourself. Try to do it your way. It's going to get you in trouble. You're going to move away from God. You can't see it. You don't, I can't search all of the passage I read from Isaiah. You don't know the mind of God entirely. You just know what he's able to tell you. But he'll tell you. He'll forgive that in advance. Yeah. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ profit you nothing. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. You can't do it out of yourself. Right. Now, that was an evidence of holiness. It was an outward mm -hmm. sign. Mm -hmm. It was an emoji in the day, <laughs> right? You, they were circumcised. Mm -hmm. It let people know. It let them know mm -hmm. that they were sign. identifying with God in that sort of way. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't what saved them. And they had to know what it was to be that so right. that they could be in the best position when God did tell them what to do. They would have to sit there and, well, let me think about that. Mm -hmm. What is that? That's confusing. To me, mm -hmm. you're telling me life comes from death because there's resurrection power in Jesus Christ. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Right. 
Christ has become no effect to you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness, what is right and true, which you said earlier at the beginning of the podcast. By faith, which is encouragement, courage. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but faith, which worketh by love. Mm -hmm. Courage, have courage, believe. Mm -hmm. That's your faith. If you have courage, you're going to do it. You're going to step out in the promise. But trust that the love of God is going to be there. And that forgiveness, I said earlier, is not only a material dimension of telling you, informing you, instructing you. You're not in the dark with God. If anything keeps you in the dark, it's your own denial. You don't mm-hmm. want, right. you don't you don't want, want to, to see it. Yeah. Or your incapacity. Humans can't comprehend mm-hmm. the mind of God. Right. God translates whatever. I don't think they're thoughts. Mm-hmm. But he puts that communication into thoughts mm-hmm. and then words yeah. so that he might speak to us. And then even with the Holy Spirit, the highest form of communication mm-hmm. language. Mm-hmm. So... You did run well. Who did hinder you that you should, should not obey the truth? This persuasion come not of him that calleth you a little leaven, leaven of the whole loaf, loaf oh, excuse me, whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision... Why do I yet suffer persecution? Then the offense of the cross has ceased. I would they even were I would they were even cut off, which trouble you. Again, these are the things that come against you. These are the people that don't practice. These are the folks that aren't as mature. These are the folks that have not come to Christ. Mature being bodily, but if you've not come to Christ, then you're not even mature in Christ. Right. And I'm not saying that Paul's saying that the Hebrew people as a whole. But isn't that really what it was? The Hebrew people as a whole, until Jesus came, were immature. They knew, Mm -hmm. and in bodily form, I think they were probably about as high-ordered or as mature as they could be. But it was Christ Mm -hmm. that had to come to bring the Holy Spirit again in such a dimension that they could operate not only in the highest order of things material, physically, emotionally, psychologically, Mm -hmm. and they were having a struggle with that, but at the same time, or in concurrence with that, then the Holy Spirit would give them the power to truly actualize all of that by connecting them mm-hmm. in such a way with God again, or reconnecting them in such a way with God, that they could operate out of that totally, but it wasn't of themselves. When I say totally, it was letting go of those former mm-hmm. things and pressing mm-hmm. onto the bark of the highest calling. I got a little further, if you can bear with me, can't you? Yeah, I can bear. Okay. <laughs> For brethren, you have been called unto liberty, which that is the freedom I just described. Mm-hmm. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh. Don't take that as in permission to do what you want. <laughs> Mm-hmm. That's not what that's about. But by love, serve one another, which is really service unto God. That's the royal law. Mm-hmm. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that ye not be, or ye be not consumed one of another. You can't go killing people. Now, there's a lot of lesser ways to kill a person rather than take their life in an immediate, imminent sort of way. But you don't wear people out. You don't wear people down. You don't do that Mm passive-aggressive thing that I mentioned or confessed earlier. 
This I say then, 16, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other so that ye cannot do the things that you would, which hopefully is what God wants you to be and do in the highest order, mm -hmm. which is Jesus Christ, right. the example. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders. He's not going to leave anything out that he can think of. Drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Nobody has an excuse now for, mm -hmm. well, you didn't say that. Right. <laughs> of the which I tell you before as I have also told you in time past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But here we go. Mm -hmm. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance, against such there is no law. And they that are crucified, or Christ, have crucified the flesh, with the affections and lust. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. Whew. You've been holding it <laughs> in, Carolyn. So thank it's you. It's a lot. Yeah, thank you for allowing me to. But it's complete. I have yeah, to give right, that in a complete right, sort of way. Right. Because you would not have understood the fruit of the Spirit, except mm -hmm. that you would also have understood the fruit of the flesh, mm -hmm. which is what the Apostle Paul was speaking to. But when we talk about waiting upon the Lord, and then these are all the attributes of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. and we're to walk after the Holy Spirit, not after the flesh, I'm going to ask that question again. What does that, relatable and relevant, what does that look like? I think it tells us what it doesn't look like when we, <laughs> we're going to end up killing each other. Verse 15, if you bite and devour one another. <laughs> I mean, we know what it's going to look like if we don't wait on the Lord. So it's, it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be ugly. So waiting on the Lord. I think that since it's by the power of the Holy Spirit, I don't know that we can say for each individual situation what that's going to specifically look like because I feel like that the Holy Spirit knows what we, He knows what we need before we ask it. So for each person, that may look a little bit different because the Holy Spirit is personalized to us, right? So He knows what we need. But, I mean, I don't want to say a basic, you know, like Jesus answer because, you know, in Sunday school, whatever the question is, answers Jesus, is it's going to look like love and it's going to look like peace and the fruit of the Spirit, I mean, that's what we end on. That's <laughs> that's where we go. But the fruit of the Spirit. So, you know, we can say all those things, but I think it lands on love. And when you're loved or when you're loving, there's not strife. There's not striving. There's not all that. Um, and there us. may be, there may be, don't disagree, mm -hmm. but there may be a bit of striving and strife, but it's to bring your body into alignment. The flesh into submission. It's the crucifixion of the flesh. Mm -hmm. So I, I used to get, and I, I heard a lot people say, well, if you're striving, then you must not be doing it. No, <laughs> it hurts. Mm -hmm. 
it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's hard to crucify the flesh. There's nothing easy to crucify the nature that says, uh, you're not going to do that to me. Mm-hmm. An eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. You're going to do this to me, this is what it feels like, buddy. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have the power to do that in an aggressive sort of way, I then resort to the passive aggressive. Right. And right. people do that and we counsel. and they, You don't see it anywhere more prominently, I think, than, well, you might equal, but probably no more prominently than in marriages and in families <laughs> yeah. and family systems. And I always say, well, fight fair, which I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's kind of like for me, it's like, okay, put up your dukes or let's at least not be passive aggressive. But, and maybe that's is who's the strongest, who's the best equipped. Mm-hmm. They should survive. They should win. But that's not really the Lord's way. Right. It is, but it's not out of flesh. It's out right, of spirit. Right. But this notion, though, that we're called to something that goes against our basic human nature. And it is very difficult to get to that place of allowing the Holy Spirit. You said, you know, we're not going to kill one another. No greater love hath any man than to lay down his life for another. Jesus said that. I believe that. This passage... The Apostle Paul talks about love thy neighbor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, We know Jesus says literally turn the other cheek. Mm -hmm. We know that that's all part of the messaging. It's not that there isn't a victory, but the victory is not ours. As you've been saying, courage, encouragement, Mm -hmm. faith is a victory, Mm -hmm. believing in the promise of God. But when you're counseling someone, I don't even know that... I want it to come out of my mouth to look at them and say, well, you should just take this lying down. Mm -hmm. You should just take this on your knees. (laughs) You should just get on your knees. It's going to be a bit graphic, maybe overdone. I apologize. And let them behead you. That's what Mm -hmm. they did John the Baptist. They still do that, by the way, in Afghanistan and Iran. Um, These are the folks that we turned the world over to. In case you didn't know. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, These are the ones that now purportedly have a nuclear weapon. Isn't that a nice thought? (laughs) That they could take a sword and cut somebody's behead somebody. Mm -hmm. Now they got a nuclear weapon that they don't have to just do one person at a time. That's a pretty mighty sword. They Mm -hmm. they can behead. They could take the head right off the United States. Mm -hmm. Not just the head of the United States, but they don't care. Right. They can live in Afghanistan. They don't care. They can live in the rocks. They don't care. But this notion, though, is that when you do that, is that really what it looks like? Is that really what it looks like? And I don't, I I have an idea in mind, but I am very open to, after I remind our listeners, they're listening to, what is covenants? (laughs) Specialized pastor of care. Christian Counseling Ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. I am entirely open to what you think. I and have, what you would counsel. I have, that's where I was going. I have not, nor do I ever see myself telling someone to take this lying down or to just sit there and be still, be still and wait upon the Lord. Um, that. There's a time and a place for that scripture, but there's also, you know, a time and a place to um, not lie down and take it. Now, aside from my belief 
in Christ and where I put my faith. Aside from that, I'm an eternal optimist. I don't apologize for that. Uh, I will always look for the good side, and that's just who I am. So, yeah, and I can be annoying like that because then I'm like, you know, but where's the sunshine, you know? And, and it is when you're in the dark. It is sometimes you just have to say, well, this, yeah, this is horrible. And when I counsel people, I don't diminish their hurt or their pain. Don't invalidate. Oh, their no, feelings, their absolutely thoughts. Absolutely not. The and I had a person the other day into their suffering. that went through a lot of um, trauma and suffering. And even even while I took my girls' group from church and um, camping this weekend, <laughs> and and so I lost a lot of rest during the weekend. Um, I heard some, you know, some trauma, and, and you know, I asked a person, "Did you ever get any professional help for that?" Like you, we can't just pretend like this didn't happen or I'm okay. I, I've dealt with, you know, and, and my client the other day, well, that was 22 years ago. And so it doesn't matter. That hurt and pain is still fresh. When you start crying, the minute you talk about that, it's still there and we still have to deal with it. So I would never diminish or invalidate someone's hurt and pain. So when I say I'm an optimist, that does not mean that when you come in, I'm going to, you know, uh, invalidate, not listen to your um, story and just, you know, hand you roses and say it's all going to be okay. <laughs> That's not what the word says. That's not, it is going to be okay. But even, I just read that the other day, you know, Jesus wept. Jesus had emotions. He had compassion. And so let's go through it together. Let's let the Holy Spirit lead us. Let's Get up if you felt like you've fallen down. Let's get up and let's continue walking together because to, in ver- I was looking in verse 13, for an occasion to the flesh, and we talk about the liberty, but by love serve one another for all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. So going back to what that looks like, you know, we're waiting, but I also feel like I, I just can't get off that one thing about the that it's going to land on love, and that's going to look different, well, right? And what it takes to get the love, and that's the striving part. Yeah. It, it's not easy. I mean, there is all to be of by this the power of the Holy Spirit, and, and it is going to cost. There's going to be a consequence in a physical dimension. It's not a, a price that we pay entirely, although we, as entering into Jesus' suffering, uh, worthily so, taking communion. Yeah. We're going to go through that, right. but but the notion is some changes. Th- the notion though of that would be that those stages, whatever that is, whatever is the lead up to that point mm-hmm. of they that wait upon the Lord is going to to really look like earthquake, wind, and fire again for Elijah. It's going to be struggle. It's going to be strife. It doesn't have to be strife against somebody else, but if somebody else is there with you. They should at least be willing to say, I can tell. You're you're upset right now. Right. I can tell, as counselor, or as just a fellow Christian, I can tell this is really upsetting you and I get it. Mm-hmm. 
There's a part of me that would want to do all of those things. And I'm not the one to tell you not to or to. Only God can tell you that because I don't want to, one, be a hypocrite. And right. I don't want to pretend like I've got God's mind in this situation. Because right. there are certainly times right. that God has empowered individuals to fight. But when Hezekiah was facing the Assyrians and Isaiah was doing all this preaching... All this foretelling, all this prophecy, Mm -hmm. all this forgiving of godly instruction. He was the voice of God. He was literally, if you read 50, 51, 52, Mm -hmm. it's all God talk. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's hard to tell what uh, Isaiah is saying and what God's saying as you read that. I'd love to read it. (laughs) But we don't have time. But I want to encourage our listeners and our viewers to read it. It's really important to the point I'm trying to make. But when he talks to Hezekiah, yes, there was a bit of a reprieve, but it wasn't over because the people hadn't changed their heart. They needed further growth. They needed further maturity. They needed further sanctification. They were not at the point of love thy neighbor. They were not at the point to realize if everybody doesn't practice this, then people are going to be crucified. Right. But that's marriage. That's why it's, it's very difficult. If both of you don't practice it, then somebody's going to end up being crucified. Mm -hmm. And if one of you pulls the sword out, then don't be surprised if the other doesn't in some manner, fashion, or way. That's tempting one another. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to really make this change, it's an absolute sort of statement, perspective. You've got to sell out totally and completely to what it means to wait upon the Lord. Because if you can't do that, then the striving is not you selling out completely to wait upon the Lord. The striving is going to be between you and the people around you. While everybody figures out who's really striving, who isn't striving, who's this, who's that, who's mature, who isn't. But don't come to me and say, die for someone else so that you can live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not going to get much traction from me. Mm-hmm. I still might do it because it's the right thing to do. But I'm going to let you know. You're a hypocrite. You are being a hypocrite. You, mm-hmm. But that person's being hypocrite. But unless everybody... But, you know, we were talking before we began the podcast. You know, not everybody is at that agape love stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't expect people who are still in eros love. Right. I think those are stages. Eros, philia, right. agape mm-hmm. love. Yeah. They don't even have a friendship thing going yet. They're not even mature enough to conduct friendship. They're still right. very selfish, self-centered. Right. You know, they're arrested development psychologically, emotionally, physically. They don't know the word. They're newborn Christians. They love the love. Mm-hmm. Right? That's right. what we read. Right. They love the idea of the love. That's who Paul's talking to. You know, in the passage I read, a new church, a group of people who really didn't know, they just knew the love of God as manifest through Paul as the word would then be brought Mm -hmm. and Jesus. Mm -hmm. But many of them had never met Jesus. They were just hearing this through Paul and were beginning to understand, wait a minute, maybe he's got a point here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If I don't stop throwing rocks at my brother or if I don't stop doing the things that provoke people to throw rocks at each Mm -hmm. other, Mm -hmm. then I'm probably not going to ever really get a chance to have good friendship because at least that's reciprocity. Mm -hmm. I want agape love. Right. But if we're ambassadors of Christ, if we're this highest calling, if we're not going to do this out of the flesh, yes, it'll be a struggle. Maybe there'll be times when you'll raise up a weapon, literally so, Mm -hmm. against somebody else. 
But if you're going to be Jesus, if you're going to be of the fruit of the Spirit, it doesn't say get your sword and go kill somebody. Mm-hmm. I know that was overdone. No, I'm just thinking how hard that would that be to do that to a friend or someone that we know. Uh, you know, we Turn don't, the other cheek. We don't, uh, yeah, well. The Babylonians were also coming, is what I was going to say, is not only were they going to continue with Assyria, they got a reprieve, Hezekiah did. Mm-hmm. But the Babylonians were coming because there was work to be done. There was still sanctification to be accomplished. I, I, and then when you were talking, I was thinking that, you know, he said they hadn't, you said they hadn't got to that, you know, agape love, and, and you know, it's like they're on this journey to that. But... God's purpose in us. I mean, how is it that He's moving us and changing us and trying to achieve something to bring Him glory, but His purposes, lest we follow Him? I mean, He'll still achieve His purposes even if we don't follow Him. I'm not saying that. But I'm thinking if we want to sell out and we want to be used and we want to be transformed is what I'm thinking into the next level you know that he wants to bring us to how can we do that without listening and following so we're going to go back to Isaiah Okay. remember it's a series yes. <laughs> it's a serial I'm figuring that out <laughs> this yeah. is the, the next episode <laughs> Isaiah 53 okay. beginning with one who hath believed our report? Now, what's the report? <laughs> We're saying this is the report. This is what Isaiah has been preaching. Mm-hmm. You guys are not going to be able to defeat this adversary, this enemy. Mm-hmm. You don't have the power. The Egyptians don't have the power. It's not going to happen. And these are heathen. Mm-hmm. These are the Babylonians, land of Chaldeans. They should have known a bit better. There was a better, better relationship, but it was them. Right? That otherwise, as with the final kind of exile, that was all then at that point where Daniel and mm-hmm. we know how that turned out. So they had a little bit of uh, an awareness. But, mm-hmm. you know, where was it? I mean, certainly it wasn't there. <laughs> Very weak and immature. Yeah. Yes. Nebuchadnezzar. We turned into I was an, just an, thinking him. an animal. <laughs> where was it when he was wandering around as an animal? So who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? This, Carolyn, Mm -hmm. what we're preaching, Mm -hmm. is the arm of the Lord. The fruit of the Spirit is the arm of the Lord. God's strength is to forgive. God's plan was all of us operate Mm -hmm. in this agape love, Mm -hmm. but flesh, pride, ego, somebody hurting somebody, the Mm -hmm. devil pointing out, Oh, you know, you're going to die, which we all are. I mean, we're all going to go through losses. And there's going to be some people who are going to, unfortunately, in their immaturity because we aren't born mature. Mm -hmm. We aren't spirit. I mean, we certainly have the capability and innocence of understanding the love of God and that agape love. 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 (laughs) Love. The agape love of a child. Mm-hmm. A mom for a child. But it doesn't take long to all that selfishness that a child starts to manifest itself mm-hmm. as all the humanity, as all the ego, as all the identity, as all the carnal soul mm-hmm. begins to really take shape and form. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take long. Right. So to get back to that place, if that is the place we want to get back to, I know we're born into original sin. 
All have fallen short, fallen, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I understand that. We need Jesus. We need salvation in Christ. But it may be a lifetime pursuit of not only carnal, bodily maturation, but it is accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior and then spiritual redemption, Mm -hmm. salvation. But when you do that, what you're supposed to look like is Jesus. When you do that, you receive the agape love. God forgives that. Mm -hmm. He does that so that we can then have some cred some resource to forgive others. Right. There's a right. virtue in that. <laughs> it's not like he says, well, you just keep giving and giving and giving. You can't outgive God. I mean, that's really the messaging, I think, when it comes to the love aspect. Here we go. i got to read this. Up. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty. We don't like it what we're about to see. But this is Isaiah. This is, thus saith the Lord. This is really the prophecy of the Christ to come. Mm -hmm. This is what it's going to be about, folks. Mm -hmm. You're immature still right now. But this is what all of that sanctification, all of that growing, all this forgiving that God has given you, all this grace and mercy He's showing you, all that He's taught you, Hebrew people, this is what it's coming to. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. Nobody wants to be that way, not in the flesh. Oh, but wait. <laughs> but wait, Verse there's three. more. There's more. <laughs> he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Why? Because he's bearing the grief, all of that process that goes into grief, all of those things that go with loss, all of those things that go with the carnality, the mortality aspect of that, all the things that are part of growing and maturing, all those things that are part of growing and maturing, being sanctified in the Holy Spirit, all of those things are becoming as Christ-like as humanly possible, not of ourselves, in ourselves, but of Christ in us. And that gets back to Galatians Mm -hmm. and the Apostle Paul. That's grief. That's the process. That's the striving. The stages of grief is the striving. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. Who wants to look at that? And then the shame that goes with this is Adam and Eve stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, now I see it for what it is, but yeah, Paul would even say, through a glass darkly because I can't bear it. If I come to face to face with this, it's too much. Yeah, because I'm not it. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. Righteous? Right, right. I am not it. I know that. He was despised, and we hid our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. Well, God must not love you because he would do that to you. And if you claim you're the Christ and you're God's son, I know for a fact that's not what we do with our kids. Mm -hmm. Who's going to put our kids... Right. Who's going to take their child and put them in this position? But he was wounded for our transgressions, which we're discussing, mm-hmm. which we're highlighting, which we're exampling, which mm-hmm. we're trying to give example to. He was bruised for our iniquities. What is our iniquity? It's the pride. It's all that stuff mm-hmm. that Isaiah was preaching to Hezekiah that set them up for this. Mm-hmm. They weren't listening to God. They weren't growing and maturing. This is the consequence. They were going the wrong direction. 
But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him. If there was any peace, it's because we murdered somebody. Old Testament, if there was any peace, it's because they killed an animal. That's like, I don't know, what do you call that psychologically? Uh, it's not projection, it's not, what is that? Where you're kind of taking that out on somebody else. There's a word for it. I can't remember it now. Maybe it'll come to us. But that's really what that is. I am so mad at you, Carolyn. I'm going to go kill this cow. Mm -hmm. And then we've got to institute that. The blood's got to flow because I am so mad. Mm -hmm. But that's not how God wants it. God wants us, certainly the blood's going to flow, but it's going to be Jesus. Right. He is the atonement for our mm -hmm. sin. He, mm -hmm. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. Mm -hmm. Relevant. And relatable. Mm -hmm. He's there with you as you're going through this. That's a hard counsel to give. Yes, it Advice is. to give. Yes, it is. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like have sheep, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to slaughter and as sheep before his shear is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? He doesn't even have any kids. He might as well just have been put in the ground and forgotten. For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made... His grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. He went down with all the sick people. He went down with all the people who were being mean. The meanies of this world. He went down with all of those kind of dimensions of the mortality, the pride, the arrogance. Because it wasn't his arm, it was God's arm. And had he raised a sword, particularly then, or had there been a material dimension to the sword he was to bring at that time, then he would have done nothing but be preserving his own life. Right. Which is what we said earlier. Don't kill me just so that you can live. Right. That's, that's, that's what's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. They could try to package it in all these wonderful ways, politically, sociologically, uh, culturally. But it's all about somebody living at the expense of other people dying. And they don't right. care. I mean, we're seeing it. They right. really don't care if you die. They right. don't care if you suffer. Just as long as you're the one suffering. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in him. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Mm-hmm. Did God care? Yes, but he cared more about the power of forgiveness, grace, and mercy mm -hmm. as with agape love, as with the only remedy to sin and iniquity. He hath put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see a seed, he shall prolong his days. This is they that wait upon the Lord shall renew. This is the outcome. This is the second coming. Mm -hmm. This is the heaven on earth. This is that redemption. This is that first installment of it now. Mm -hmm. But when Jesus comes again, right. and then the new Jerusalem, this is what right. they that wait upon the Lord shall renew mm -hmm. the strength. It's not necessarily prophetic in the sense of, I don't know that Isaiah was talking about a new Jerusalem like John the Revelator, but right. it's the same principle. Mm -hmm. It's forgiveness. 
Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. I read that. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and be, shall be satisfied by his knowledge. Shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore I divide a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. I had to read all that. Did that as dramatically and profoundly as I could with emphasis. Because this is it. This is what we're this is what the fruit of the Spirit looks like in flesh. Now you want to go hide? I do. I want to crawl under the table. I want to confess. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Because if I say that and I mean that and I don't do that, even if it's not that I could do that perfectly, if I don't lead with that, if I'm not waiting upon the Lord, if I don't believe His promises unto me, mm -hmm. the plan, the report, He's told me in advance, taking it on myself, I'm a hypocrite. I'm just a hypocrite. So what do you say to the person that says, I'm learning this. I'm trying to understand what you're saying, David. So, you know, maybe I believe what you're saying, but I don't always feel that way. Then I become Christ. Mm -hmm. I allow the Holy Spirit to bring that. Mm -hmm. I call upon the Holy Spirit because that's why the Holy Spirit's here. God, Jesus, God gave us His Spirit. But Jesus mm -hmm. brought back to us the Holy Spirit in a dimension that otherwise, He not only comforts us, but He leads us in knowledge and understanding, in wisdom. Mm -hmm. But the comfort part is all I can do. I'm Elihu. I am not Jesus. I am Elihu. But I know enough, if I were to be Jesus, or even as Elihu, this is what Jesus did. He brings you into the presence of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then you get, to, <laughs> you get to ask God those questions. Mm -hmm. Like that man when Jesus healed his son and he said, because he asked him, if you can, and Jesus was like, if I can. And then, you know, it was a question of faith. And he said, well, I believe. Just help my unbelief. Yes. So, you know, I, I, sometimes when people come in, you know, we can't expect everybody to be on the same level. You know, so we have to meet them where they are. Yes. And... That's not to say that we're some high level and we've arrived. No, we're going through the same life that you are. We're in the same world. We're dealing with the same things. And so, and we, you know, we have families, we have spouses, we have children, and we're not exempt from problems in life. So we get it. But there has to be something to turn to. There has to be an answer and people come in and they're looking for answers and we don't want to just you know throw something at them here's a you know here's a steak you're hungry and like an animal or something and that's not what we're about but you know he said help my unbelief and I like that because he was still turning he's still seeking and still searching even though he knew he needed more he knew he needed more faith more belief you know more Holy Spirit in him and I feel like, you know, sometimes we are in that spot. So you enter into their suffering. Mm -hmm. You're there as an embodiment of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. 
Not because, again, the Holy Spirit needs you to be there. God needs you to be there right. as an embodiment because there's Jesus. Right. But that's really what Jesus said. You're now my body. Mm-hmm. It's the church. We're going to represent physically a dimension of marriage, mm-hmm. best we know, right? Right. To describe it, best way we know to describe it, as a marriage should be when Jesus returns. But right now... He's given us His Holy Spirit so that we might do these things while we wait for Him to come again. So the bride might be prepared. But who would marry an unbeliever? <laughs> Certainly not Jesus. Right. Right? But we are put in a world filled full of disbelief and unbelief. And whether that is, as you declared yourself to be an eternal optimist, we all fall into moments of darkness. Yeah, and we need absolutely. to be we need to be reminded. But if I might encourage, let it not be out of hypocrisy. It is as you just said with the testimony, we're human, we go through these same type of things. If there is a maturity, it may just be in the moment that we're all in at that moment that I'm not struggling quite the same way. Right. Or maybe, just maybe, I have, for whatever benefit, been taught, which I have, to put my stuff on the side mm-hmm. when I help people. Right. I turn it over to the Lord and put it on the side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I Really, that's a great break from it. Because <laughs> I can be there and help you. Right. And I'm not preoccupied with me. Exactly. And setting home. Yes thinking about or where I'm at all my misery all my suffering all my trouble but all of that is part of that striving mm-hmm. the grieving it's a struggle to turn it over to getting through the emotions the stages of grief mm-hmm. the we talked about that discussed that before on the podcast turning it over to the Lord mm-hmm. acknowledging the loss working through all of those things right. that are part of my flesh mm-hmm. but that if I get good at that, and I might be better than somebody else who might be more immature in understanding that. I might even be a bit more realistic in my expectations because I can measure people's maturity a bit better or where they, again, might be because of the right. circumstance or situation at that right. particular point. They may not. They may have been an icon, like this really strong Christian, but we all suffer. It's like John the Baptist. Right. He went to Jesus said, are you really the Christ? And he declared him the Christ. I mean, we're all capable. I don't know that we want to celebrate that too much, but that's the, that's just the relevance. That's just the relatability. We're all human. Mm-hmm. That's why God left his spirit, or Jesus, as by instruction of God, came so that we might have. Mm-hmm. And why in the Garden of Gethsemane it was so important, not my will, Jesus would right. say, but thine will be done. Right. But that's the same thing we're doing in counseling. Mm-hmm. I am attempting to do out of my flesh and as turning it over to the Holy Spirit, believing in faith, the Holy Spirit can use me as a vessel to bring that word, Mm -hmm. a reminder, allowing that promise, the word, the plan, the report of God Mm -hmm. to stir up the gift inside of another Mm -hmm. person. And then, when two or more gather together in His name and they agree, as we're agreeing on this, then there's a power. All of a sudden, Jesus becomes resurrected. Mm -hmm. Is He like there in physical manifestation? I don't know that I would say that, but I certainly feel His presence is spiritual. But He is there in physical manifestation because the two of us come together as one. Mm -hmm. Now I've become to manifest the Christ. And then we just add to that and add to that and add to that until the day he comes again, a second time. You do this in your marriage? Mm -hmm. And don't be surprised if Jesus doesn't show up. Mm -hmm. 
the two of you are going to be operating out of agape love, which doesn't mean everything's dismissed or that you can't call people out or they're not challenged to grow or that there may right. not be conflict or disagreement. You just don't get the permission to kill somebody just so that you might live. Mm -hmm. That's not the Bible. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's on you, Carolyn. You die. Or you tell your, your client, well, you need to go kill them first. Mm -hmm. Go file for divorce now. Go get an attorney. Get everything lined up because they've already departed. And they're an unbeliever and you're not bound to it any longer. And there's some truth to that. First Corinthians, I think it's 8. But it's not necessarily... <laughs> or our go-to advice, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I could have very well said that with um, someone recently. But that's not at all where I went with it, even though I could have. But that's not, and that's not where God wants us to go. You know, that striving, that, that ever-growing. Okay, so this illustration um, just came to me because I asked somebody about, um, you know, getting closer to the Lord. Somebody challenged me on that. And they said, well, you don't get closer to the Lord. You can't get any closer because He's inside of you. The Holy Spirit lives in you. How do you get any closer? So I pondered that and I was like, hmm, what does that mean? So I asked my pastor about it and he was, he said, well, you get married and, you know, he asked me how long I've been married and I said, he told him in so many years and he was like, are you more married now than you were then? And I said, no. And he's like, but you're a lot closer. I said, yeah. So I think that's kind of where we have to go with it. It's not a matter of like, I don't strive to be more married. You know, I don't go out and, you know, relive a wedding or whatever. But we're definitely closer. So my relationship with the Lord, that's what, you know, I feel like there's the striving. And sometimes people are striving in the wrong direction. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have to help guide them well, to where we think the Holy Spirit's leading, which is not striving in that sense. It's they don't striving. save themselves, and right. we don't save them. Right. But we do know who does. But they're trying, like the circumcision, you know, yeah. we're doing, and so part of me kind of, <laughs> part of me sort you know, somebody said that one time, what if that was all you ever knew? And they were pointing it towards us today. What if that's all you ever knew? And then somebody came in and said something crazy, you know, like there's a man, Jesus, and he's, you know, none of this matters what we've been doing. Would we just, okay, or would we would we be like them? I had to stop and think about that well, because good... I, I feel like maybe we would have been a little bit like them. Oh, sure. If that's all you ever knew, and then somebody just comes in and tells you upside down something completely different, and well, even if you're you... supposed to just accept it. Even if you know you have to still see tangible evidence and a continued reminder of it. Mm -hmm. And and that is really what is all about in counseling people. We just keep reminding them, especially as they know. And those that don't know, we try to inform them. So, we can't save them. Only Jesus can. We direct them to Christ. But right. this, for all believers out there, podcasts, Facebook Live, this is really what we're called to. Mm -hmm. Don't worry about being a hypocrite because we all struggle. But God measures, thankfully, by our desire, intent of the heart as we grow closer to Him. Right. Carolyn, how do folks get a hold of us should they want to? Yes, we hope you want to. We want to hear from you. We'd love to hear from you. And the easiest way is to give us a call, 304-528-9220. 
And if you, whatever you would like to call, we've had some interesting, I was thinking about our interesting caller that messaged that one time. Do you remember that? <laughs> yes. So we welcome all feedback. So, you know, whatever that looks like, but we would love to hear from you. And you can email us if you'd rather not call covenants.llc1.com. You can go online, covenantsonline.com or follow us on Facebook under covenants. Covenants.llc1 at Yahoo. And, of course, (laughs) they can get up really early on Monday mornings to see us Facebook Live. They can get the podcast as well as the Facebook Live recording on our Facebook page. Uh, Or they can just join us again for the next podcast when it drops. And it always drops on Monday. Until then, Carolyn, what do we tell them? Be blessed. Yes. And come back again and join us for What is Covenants? Specialized pastoral care services, Christian counseling ministry with Carolyn Barnett and Dave Clay. Thanks.